Welcome to the teaching ministry of Magnolia's First. To learn more, visit m1bc.org. We have adopted a one word for 2022 as a church, Magnolia's First, and we want that one word to kind of sink in to our, our hearts and our minds that we introduced it at Thanksgiving, but, but the word is home. And so the word home brings an emotion like none other. If, if you had a, a horrible home, then it, it, it brings bad emotions. But, but the word brings a longing to that emotion of, of safety, of peace, of fulfillment. And as we move forward in 2022, I want you to think of Magnolia's first as a home. And again, if this is not your home church, maybe you're visiting, then, then, then I'd like you to find that at your home church. But we believe there are many people here who are maybe not as connected as, as you need to be, in all honesty. A home is a place where people know your name. A home is a place where people know your phone number. In fact, our desire would be that quite a few people in here would have your number in their phone and vice versa. That's when you truly get uh, connected. Here's, here's what we learned over the last couple years. If you'll remember right, we closed out 2020, moving into 2021. All the media, everybody were just looking forward to put into retirement 2020 and move forward. Well, now we found 2021 and we didn't like that one either, right? And so we go into 2022 and nobody's saying the new normal anymore. Nobody's saying this is going to be a good one. It's just, well, here we go. What do we got? You know, what, what's going to happen here? And so what we learned in the last couple years as a church is that there is one thing that held true in church. There was a constant, and that was the fundamentals of church. And where, where we were good at the fundamentals of church, it is those things that sustained the church in difficult times when everything else was kind of changing around us. In fact, everything else was kind of a variable. You know, people... Uh, pastors, we just didn't really know how to do church like we used to because everything changed. Technology became a big part of our uh, church. And in fact, one thing that happened is, is, you know, some people, they've dropped their stream because they want people to come into the church. Other churches in other states especially have gone only to the stream even to this day. And, and it's like this technology has brought a new thing where, where maybe perhaps, I don't think you can get better preaching, but you can get better music online. I only said it that way so I can keep my job for next week in case Pastor Ed's listening, just so you know. But, uh, but all kidding aside, you can find good content online. Here's what you can't find online. Community and friendship and people to do life with. And that happens when you're in a small group. That is one of the fundamental things that we learn is that it is the small groups that sustain not Magnolia's first as a church, but the people who are the church. It is small groups that did that. So you're going to hear from us throughout the year the importance of being in a group. 
In fact, we'll be calling them journey groups. Pastor Seth is leading us through this. He is over groups and discipleship. And, and part of being in a journey group is getting to know people that you will do life with. And when, when life gets odd, when life gets out of control, when there's a variable that you didn't plan on, then there is a group of people who are journeying life with you that can help you, build you up, and point you back to be centered uh, with Christ and back looking at the throne instead of looking around you. And you hear me say journey groups. We are going to use that term. Fear not. A Sunday school is a journey group, and we're not going to take that term away from you. And so don't get your rocks ready to start throwing, okay? But what we have learned is, you know what? It's not just a Sunday school that people find community and life in. And so we've had a tendency to think everybody needs to be in a group on Sunday morning. Well, literally, that would be impossible based on the size of our campus. But we have groups that meet on Tuesday mornings, Tuesday nights, and we want to make sure that the importance of a journey group is translated to all of us so that we are in a group and, and we know people. And so I say all that to say, as we look into 2022, ask yourself that question. Are you truly in a group where people know your name, people have your number, and you're doing life together with people? Because God created us for community with him, but also just community with each other. And so do not miss out on that important aspect of the church. As we go into this next series, we're calling it Game Changers. And they are uh, scriptures for a life that looks like Jesus. Some of you have what you would call a life verse. And I want to share with you today my life verse. Now, as we do this, I don't want you to think, Oh, no, I'm going to be asked what my life verse is. I better go find one. Yeah, we're not looking for that, okay? But, but maybe there's a verse that has impacted your life, has changed you, has been something you point back to. That's what we're calling as a life verse. And, and we're going to go through this series and look at different verses that, that either someone on our staff or, or, or just in general people use as a life verse. It is an infinite count. There is not a rule on a life verse. But my life verse is Psalm 37, 4. And I want to share that with you. I've memorized it in New American Standard. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And so it is a perfect place to start for a new year because it is a directional passage that centers you on the one thing that matters, and that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So often we find other things that get in the way and just the noise of everything around us distracts us from what is really true and what is really constant, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. This passage came to me when uh, uh, early on in, in early college and I was struggling with the call to ministry, which, you know, making church vocationally my ministry or, or my vocation and I had a problem it was that I wanted 
to be in the ministry. And if you, if, if you can go back to the mid-80s, there was a movement at that time that people would say, at least in, in, my, in my circles, a lot of kids at that time would get called into the ministry, but every time, you know, they would come up to the, to the church, the front, and they're crying, and, you know, the Lord has called me to ministry. And then they follow up with, I know I'm going to be broke, but that's okay. I don't want to go, but that's okay. This is going to be terrible, but I'm going to follow Jesus wherever he takes me. And I was kind of watching, and I was like, I must not be called because I kind of want to do those things. You know, and I'm, as I'm looking around me, I notice, you know, just it seems to be those that are called to ministry don't want to do it and hate it. And so apparently, I'm not called to ministry. And so I, I just kind of backed up and, and did that. And, but I continued to struggle with that uh, thought. Now, what I'm about to share with you is the way I came across Psalm 37.4. Here's what I want to tell you. This is a terrible way to grab a life verse, okay? But the Lord for sometimes the Lord just blesses stupid, okay? Because what I did was pretty stupid. But I go, Lord, dear G, just give me a verse and, and help me with this struggle to ministry. And so I did the thing, you know, like I was eight and did that. And let me tell you what, if you go home and you do that and you end up in Lamentations or you end up in the song, you're going to mess up your life, okay? And so you don't do that unless the Lord, thought, you let the Lord bring to you a verse for you the way that he would, but my finger landed on Psalm 37.4 and he blessed me with that and, and it, it became very clear to me that God had put a desire in me to go into ministry and do this uh, for the rest of my life. What God does, he doesn't, in the promise of this passage, it's a if-then conditional statement. If you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. He, he, he makes you a new person. He takes old desires away and implants new desires in your heart. And so through this, I learned that God had taken desires out of my heart that were not honoring to him, and he placed in me that desire. Now, this verse is not just for ministry. It has become that for me. But I would ask you, what are the desires in your life that are misplaced? You see, the desires that we have will, will tend to be a filter for how we respond, where we go, what we do, and how we plan for the future. And here we are in a time to where we can no longer plan for the future. We don't know what is necessarily next. And honestly, I think most of you are probably like me. You don't even care anymore, okay, if, if it's okay to say that. It's like, you know what? Everybody's been talking about a new normal. It never came. I guess this is it. So here we are. And so the question is, what are you going to do with the place that you are at now? And then I'm going to ask you this too, to think, how did you get to the emotional state 
to where you are right now heading into 2022? How did you get to the point where you are now that this is the future that you're looking for? How did you arrive at the conclusion of what is driving your belief system right now that moves you forward? What desires were in you that placed that in your heart? If you're delighting yourself in the Lord, then he will give you the desires of your heart. I want to ask you to do this. I want you, will you pause with me and let's pray before we move forward in, in any of the text. And I, I want you to genuinely seek God right now and just ask him, what are some desires in your heart that maybe don't line up with him? What are some desires that you have in you that are maybe driving your, your thought patterns that shouldn't be there? So would you pray with me? Father, we, we just want to pause in the midst of, of looking at this passage and, Father, what it means. And, Lord, would you show us a desire that would be in our hearts, Lord, that was not planted by you? Father, maybe it's a good thing, but it's just not you. And Father, I pray as we move forward uh, through this talk that, Lord, it wouldn't be my words that would be heard today, but yours. Father, I pray that whatever comes out of my mouth would be filtered through your spirit and that, Lord, you would speak to hearts and remove uh, my human words. Remove my thoughts, Lord, your thoughts. That's what we want. And Father, just reveal to us throughout this, what is the desire that you would replace that's in our life that you never intended for us? But Father, maybe we're seeking it, chasing after it, and yet it's not yours. We give you this time, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Our big idea for today, I want to look at this one concept of Look up, not around. Look up, not around. And so here's, here's the scenario. When we look up to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we find the one thing that is a constant. Always true, never changes. When we look around, we are looking at variables. It's all variables. Uh, it can be a uh, family, a loved one. And that seems great, but here's the reality. Those things change. Everything around us can change, but there is one true constant, and that's the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, for some of us, we have never looked up. And so if, if we've made church the focus of our relationship with Christ, then we are looking to church as our constant. That was never intended to be the constant. That's another reason why we're using that term home. Home is a home base. It, it, it is where you find safety. It's where you find training. It's where you grow. And then you go. You are sent out to change the world. And so 
If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I would urge you and beg you to, to, to chase after that today. Don't let another Sunday go by to where this is your relationship with Christ because this is not about it. This is where we come for community and, and then we go into the world, but we have each other as we move throughout life. But when we look up as a Christ follower, we are looking to that one constant that we can look to. And then that's how we measure every other variable. Again, if you've never made that decision and you don't understand how to do it, but the Lord is tugging on your heart, I'll be in the hospitality room on the bottom floor, uh, left-hand side there, come talk to me afterwards or, or maybe talk to another person that you know and trust in this room and settle that. Because until you have a relationship with the constant that we will talk about today, there is only one desire he's going to place in your heart, and that is that you would find him. And that is going to think you're going you're gonna to constantly be up against that. And that is not a bad thing. Honestly, if, if you struggle with doubt, if you struggle with knowing if, if you are going to heaven or if you have a relationship, that's a good thing if you struggle with that. Because you know what that is? That's the drawing of the Spirit in your life. If you're not struggling with that, but used to and never did anything about it, you're the one that needs to be worried. Because you have put up such a barrier that, that the, the, the doubt, the, the tem, not temptation, but, but that, that feeling, that yearning for God has gone away because you've put up such a barrier. So don't, don't let that be you. And I hope just vocalizing that from this stage would tear down a brick in that wall that would bring back that discomfort that the Lord can put on our hearts that he wants you to settle something with him. If you will delight in him, he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, he is our constant. He is the fundamental of who we are to be, where we are to go, who we are to look up to is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I bring up the word fundamental because sometimes you just have to go back to the very basics, like what we're talking about in church. Groups, get to know people. But the very basics in your life, sometimes we let things stack on and on and on, and, and, and they become this heavy weight of good things, but, but they're all on top of our relationship with Christ, when in reality, it needs to be just him. I've had the opportunity to play uh, uh, golf some more than I ever have really with my dad because I've uh, been, been off for a week, and uh, I've had a really good time. But if, if you're a golfer or no golf, it, it is a, a maddening game, and it, it changes, not day to day, but just hole to hole as you go throughout the course. And, and you know, it's like me and my dad always say, let's just go home right now because that was really good, and let's end on that high note. You never do, but, you know, that's what you always say. I, I got frustrated as I was playing with my dad with, with my grip. And uh, if, if you're a golfer, you understand that. And it's like when you get lazy, you, you start changing your grip, you do something different, and, and you change it all up. I ended up moving my thumb in a weird place, hit one of the best drives ever, and then couldn't play the rest of the day. I came home, and I talked to my son-in-law who's here. And I, go, I was just venting to him, man, I, you know, just 
frustrated because, you know, I've kind of forgot where to put my thumb and all that. And, and he goes, well, you know what I do? And I asked him, he goes, what I do? He goes, you got to have the V going straight up the club, double V. And if you're a golfer, you know what that means. But if you're not a golfer, here, here's the point. He told me something that I have known all my life since seventh grade. And yet somehow I forgot. Literally, I wanted to punch him. No offense. But uh, it literally... It was the very first thing. My, my parents put me in golf lessons when I was in seventh grade. The very first thing he taught me was how to hold the club. And he, he used that analogy of, of your thumb making a V and going. And I forgot. What is my problem? Why, why do we put aside the very first thing we were taught and then add on to it all these different things? Why do we allow those things in our life to just become these barriers that move up? And then we start looking to them for advice. We start looking to them for fulfillment. We start looking to them for purpose when in reality, the only constant is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to remind you today of who our Lord and Savior is. He is the only thing that is stable in your life. He is the only thing that can be your constant. And he is the only thing that when troubles come, when variables are in your way, he is the only thing that will always be true. You see, God did not change from 2019 to 2022. His purpose, his will for you, his, his actions, his desires have never changed. What changed was what is around us. What changed is the political climate. What changed is that we have more noise in our ears than we ever have had before with all, all the different ways we can get information. But God has never changed. His purpose has always been to seek and to find those that are lost and bring them into a relationship with him. And then he helps us through the noise of life. But however it changes, he is constant and always true. I want you to listen to these truths about God. With so many variables around us, God is that constant. And when we look up and not around, we find the truth of God. And so I'm, I'm just going to put the reference on the screen. I don't know if like you have to turn to him. Just, just listen. No, God, and to start with this one, God is infinite. Here's what we have to know first. God is infinite. He, he wasn't created. He wasn't brought into being. God is self-existent. When you don't understand something, he does. He brings clarity to everything. Psalm 147.5. How great is our God. His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond our comprehension. God is infinite. Always was, always is, always will be. Who was, who is, who is to come. That's who our God is. And then he never changes. God is immutable which is a great word for saying he is constant. Malachi 3.6 says, I am the Lord and I do not change. All the climate around those at this time, all the, the distractions, God says, I do not change. God is omnipotent, meaning he is all powerful. Psalm 33.6, the Lord merely spoke 
and the heavens were created. He breathed the word and all the stars were born. God is omniscient, meaning he is all-knowing. He knows everything. Isaiah 46, 9 through 10, for I alone am God. Listen to closely. I alone am God. And he repeats himself. I am God. There is none like me. Only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. It's a strong statement. God is all-knowing. He is the great I am. God is faithful. He is infinitely and unchangeably true and faithful. He is the only thing in your life that is unchangeably true and faithful. Deuteronomy 7, 9, the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations. 2 Timothy 2, 13, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful for he cannot deny who he is. God is good. He is infinitely and unchangeably good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. God is just. Now we're getting to things that we prefer him not be. But let me tell you what, God is always just. He is infinitely and unchangeably the standard of perfection. Know this, God would not be good if he were not just. The two come hand in hand. They come together. Deuteronomy 32, 4, he is the rock, his deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong. How just and upright he is. God is merciful. He's infinitely, unchangeably, compassionate and merciful. Psalm 145, 8, the Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. God is loving. He's infinitely and unchangeably loving. 1 John 4, 7, 8, dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Listen closely to this. Anyone who does not know God, anyone who does not love, sorry, anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And then God is holy. He's unchangeably holy and perfect. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. I'll ask you today, what are you looking to as a constant? And, and by that constant, you are evaluating all the variables in your life. When you look up, you have the one great constant. When you look around, you have variables. Whatever you define as your desires and your source for peace your source for fulfillment, that is the one thing that will be driving and evaluating the variables around you. And the only thing that you should evaluate the variables around you is your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the only thing, because he is the only thing that is constant. You, if, if you root that truth in anything else, it can be lies. In Colossians uh, Paul gives a, a, a great word to the church in Colossae, the, the, the people of Colossae, the Colossians. He tells them to go back to fundamentals. And I, I want to read that for you. It's in uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. We will look at 
But here's what's happening in the church at that time. There is a ton of false doctrine uh, coming in. And so basically, they, like we, were in a time where noise was coming. And they couldn't decipher what was truth from what was false, what was lies and what was true. Just all the noise of the false doctrine was coming in. And so Paul goes to them and, and he says this in a letter that he wrote for them and, and wanted us to read as well because it's very important. Now he says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ. And so he's talking to those that have accepted the new life in Christ. Understand that clearly. And so if you have not, man, come see me. Let's talk about that. But if you have, here's what Paul tells us. He goes, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ Jesus in God. He says, set your sights on heaven. And then later on, he puts it like this. He goes, let heaven fill your thoughts. Don't misunderstand that. I think sometimes we as good churchgoers, we kind of think, you know what? I just need to think about heaven. And so we, we do this thing where we clear our mind. We try and move every distraction. And we just think about heaven. That's not what the scripture is really saying. He's saying, think about the realities of heaven in comparison with the realities of where you are. You see, when you look up, we get clarity. And so what God is saying there, what Paul is telling the church, he goes, look up, let heaven fill your thoughts, but do it intentionally. Do it very intentionally so that you can gain clarity for what's going on around you. Don't just stop. There is a time to just bask in a worship song or stuff like that, but be intentional so that it changes you and moves you throughout the day in your life. You let the things of God in heaven give you focus and clarity for the things on this earth that makes us better people, better fathers, better husbands, better wives, better moms. Don't misunderstand. Don't just put your heads up in the cloud, but look for clarity. And then he says this, for you died when Christ died. You died when Christ died. Let me ask you a question. If, if you physically died, hit by a bus, a train, you pick, and you were resurrected and brought to life, would you have a new perspective on life? Shake your head yes, because I think you would. You've got a staring look in your eye that I don't like. But uh, <laughs> Lazarus was one of those people. Lazarus in Scripture was Jesus' friend, and, uh, and he died. You perhaps know the story. Jesus said, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. He did. Here's, Lazarus became a rock star after that. And... And that is what this verse is saying. You have a, a new life. Let me tell you why he became a rock star. Because he had a brand new perspective. When he looked up and not around, he physically saw what many of us have never been able to see. And it changed him. 
And he became this rock star. I mean, nobody had a one-up on him. You know, you walk, oh, I broke my femur. It's really hurt. Well, I died. You know, I mean, he, he always had something better, you know. He had a brand new perspective on life and the realities around him because he knew the realities of heaven, which honestly are hidden with us. Colossians 3.3, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. But when you died with Christ, you are to be a new person gaining a new perspective for your life and have clarity to what is coming. And when Christ, who is your life, verse 4, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in his glory. Your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in his glory. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Where do you find your delight? I asked you earlier to, to think about desires. I want you to now look at, in your own life, delight. And let me ask it in this way. Where do you find peace and fulfillment? Wherever you find peace and fulfillment, there's a good chance that is your filter for everything that you do. I'll give you an example because not everything we seek fulfillment and peace in is bad. Family is wonderful. I've been on an overload of family. I talked about this a little bit earlier, but I've got to spend time with my parents, my in-laws, my kids my wife, and it's been fantastic. I am at the point right now that, that as far as like peace and fulfillment, it is awesome. All the bedrooms in my house are full. It's, it's fun. It's good. Awesome. What happens if family is the place where I primarily find peace and fulfillment? Some of you already know because you've experienced it and you don't have someone that you loved here with you this year that you had last year. There's a reality that even family, as holy and as right and as godly as it is to love your family, if that is where you put your total peace and fulfillment in, it remains a variable that can change. You talk to somebody who keeps their sights on God and when they lose a spouse, when they lose a loved one, what do they always say when you're amazed at how they did it? It's like, man, God just sustained me. I don't know how. And that is looking up, not around. And it's the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that sustained that person through such a tragedy. What are you looking at? I'll, I'll use the, the, the one I used to say in student ministry. There's four things that you probably find your identity or purpose in. Beauty, brains, bucks, or brawn. You find it in beauty, I gave that one up a while ago. Brains, your intellect, bucks, your wealth, your job, or maybe your strength, something that you're strong in, your talents. I say this to you, don't seek those things for peace and fulfillment. All those have variables that can change. The only thing that will not change is your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Look up, not around. I want to ask you to do this, and, and again, we'll be talking about this over the next few weeks, but would you seek out a verse that 
would guide you through 2022? Would you seek a verse out that would be your constant, based on the Lord, that he would have you, but that you can go back to and go back to the throne of God, look up to him with that scripture, and let that be the guiding factor in your life? My wife is really good about it. She'll put scriptures up on the car visor, on the mirror, and, and such like that. And, and hopefully you'll do that. But what is that one verse? Just pray this week that God would lead you to a verse that would give you a new perspective on life. Next week we're going to look at this. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. And so we'll be looking at these different verses that are just, as we say in the title, game changers for our lives. Let me pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for today. And Father, I pray that if, if anything was heard, if anything was understood, it would be that we need to look to you alone for fulfillment. Father, would you reveal to us any desire any longing for fulfillment, any longing for peace that does not match up with you. Father, give us a thirst and hunger for who you are. And we thank you for that, that constant of who you, thank you for being good. And Father, there's times in my life when I think you're not good, but it's because you're just. Thank you for being just. But Father, thank you for never being changing, never changing and always being the perfect standard for us. And thank you for loving us so much that you gave your son for us. Father, we love you, give you this week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you guys. Have a great week and, and do pray about what God would put on your heart as a verse that would guide you through 2022.